The Red 78. Once we were back, we were back for a period That was when the televisions were in black and white, Quinn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, big buttons and no remote. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. It's so unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently genuinely did change everything about my life. Uh, you had to be there. Right, I'm delighted to say Matt Jarvis is with us for this week's episode of You Had to Be There. Matt, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. You have seen some stuff in your time. This is a, this is an amazing list. Um, was it difficult for you to narrow down? Yeah, yeah. There, there is a fair, but you sort of lose how much you've seen and what you've done. Um, so you, you sort of you then have to try and piece together bits and pieces that you that you can remember that stick out. So yeah, I've I've got five good ones. Really, really five sensational ones. Um, so let's get into them. I think uh, in chronological order. Am I right? David Beckham is the first one. That is correct. I'm sure you've had this one many a time. But um, just one of them things. I, obviously, I was I grew up a Man United fan. You know, so to be able to go to Old Trafford as a kid uh, to watch David Beckham play for England score that goal against Greece and it, it gives me tingles now uh, just it was the importance you know he'd set up the goal for Sheringham who just come on to, to to score to then score and it was like the 92nd minute I think it was 97 and a half minute uh, and the importance of that goal and just the whole atmosphere in the stadium the it, it was just incredible I, that it's so hard to replicate something like that so, um, just to put some context on this for everybody, this game is in Old Trafford, is that right? Because Wembley is being redeveloped at that stage, and you know that's correct. Yeah, so it was, yeah, so it's uh, England game. Massive. If they at the time they were trailing two ones, uh, it meant that they were going to go to uh, the playoff to get try and get through to the World Cup. So this this goal sent England through to the World Cup finals. Um, you know, it was at Old Trafford. It was David Beckham. It was just 92nd and a half minute it was just the whole importance the crowd the, the whole atmosphere it was it was electric um, and to be I think I was only 16 years old um, was was amazing to, to feel that as well being um, just being in the crowd and, and hearing the atmosphere and feeling it it's funny, Matt. Like we were talking earlier about Trent Alexander-Arnold's free kick last night, and you kind of could sense from from his face before he struck it that that he was confident and that it was probably going to hit the back of the net. What sense did you get when Beckham was stepping up? Because I think the whole country, obviously over in England, were, were holding their breath. But you probably got the sense that there was a strong possibility that this was going in the back of the net. Yeah, I think it just things sort of just happened for a reason and timing. And he'd already had a few before, um, and you just put that down and you just think pivotal moments in people's career and in, in time, you just think that moment, he just stepped up, he, you know, Sheringham came to take the ball because he just scored a team and he just was like, no, this, this is mine. And you could just, everyone walked away. He stood there, did his usual breathe, you know, did his walk up, run up, stand there waiting. And then just as he ran up and hit it, you just, I still get tingles now actually thinking about it. It was just, it was so so good to be able to see that happen, but it's just the importance of the game as well and everything that goes into context with it. It was 
it was an incredible uh, experience. It was it was how circular a moment it was too. Because you said you were you were sixteen, Matt. So you would have been probably thirteen at the outset of secondary school three years previous when Beckham was the villain in the in the ninety eight World yeah. Cup with the kick against Simeone. So it was almost like this moment of relief and reprieve for David Beckham that this was the end of all the the vitriol and hate directed towards him a few years earlier. What one hundred percent? Yeah, um, as you say, I think. Yeah, you know, wrongly he got crucified really for for what he um, what what he what happened. Um, but for for to, for him for the as you said that importance and him and he loved playing for his country and that importance of being able to go right. My goal has sent us through to the World Cup finals, um, and you could just see it in his face when he scored. Every player, everyone in the stadium was just so pleased, and I think that that sort of really helped him personally uh, get over everything that had happened previously. Were you always both an England and a Manchester United fan? Because we'd have Andy Mitten on the show a good bit and he talks that sometimes there are Manchester United fans who are Man United fans and they're not actually always automatically England fans that they have an interest in the team um, maybe it's more Daniel Harris who talks to us about this and, and he'd like say look it's just the way it works you know Manchester United is the team that they follow and they go to the away games were you always both? 100% I was I was sort of like a, you know always an England fan um, and then obviously growing up I was a Man United fan and like my sort of idol I suppose was Ryan Giggs uh, that was the position I sort of played and looked up to so I sort of grew up with that but it gets slightly different when you then start playing against them and do, you, you sort of not lose the fan of you but it's more important for your team to beat them rather than them to do well so you sort of lose that so I've always been an England fan to start with um, out and out and then obviously growing up Man United was, was my team and as a matter of interest whose results do you look for first on a Saturday or Sunday? Yes, do you know what? It's very difficult. I would, I would probably say that it, I would look for Man United, but then it's all like all my previous clubs that I, that I would look for. Um, so it's a very close, very close one. But I'd probably say, well, not at the moment anyway. I wouldn't be watching United <laughs> at the moment. Uh, Beckham, obviously one of the great free, ta- free kick takers of all time. Who, who, who would be number one in terms of the the free kick takers you you played against or played with yourself? Um, well, just just because it's fresh in my mind, I think James Madison. Um, you know, he scored the other night against Nottingham Forest. His free kick. He he's a special player um, and a special free kick taker um, for sure. Um, Dimitri Payet, I played at West Ham. He was also uh, pretty impressive uh, on a set piece delivery. So there's there's you know I, I'm just trying to rack my brain now. I think there's so <laughs> many players that. That was so good at dead ball situation, but it's it's nice, you know, it's nice to see, for instance, James Madison because I've seen him after training, practice and practice and practice, and then you can just see it in games. Now he steps up, and you think, yeah, he, he's got a real chance of scoring every single set piece he takes. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? We don't really think about the hours and hours and hours and hours of practice that uh, goes into making Beckham's goal in particular. If anybody just doesn't remember the Beckham goal, it's not from, it's not close. It's not like a, yeah. something like near to the edge of the penalty area. It's miles out. He just whacks it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of them that you, you just expect it, I think, even though it should never, like it is, you say it's too far out, but he, it's, it's sort of central in, in the pitch as well. It's outside the box. It's central. It's, it's one that he's bent it sort of over the wall, the wall, but then towards the top left-hand corner. So it's the keeper's 
thinks he's going the other way to the keeper's side and it just goes into the opposite corner and he doesn't even dive. It's just, it's yeah, it, it's something that you, you would spend hours and hours practicing. But even in that situation, the pressure of it and, it, and everything about that free kick, that moment is is down to hours and hours of practice. But it's, it, was, it was a peach of a, of a curl over the wall into the far corner. I think the, the Alan Green commentary on, on BBC Radio 5 Live was fairly fairly famous as well at the time. I know it, obviously the TV commentary as well, but I think there was a video a couple of years ago when the 20th anniversary was happening, that or last year, where Beckham uh, said, well, he, he appeared in the video on Instagram to be listening to the commentary for the first ever time. Oh, right. Of course, it could have been set up for, for social media purposes, but um, it's funny, Matt, how, how commentary for a big moment like that adds so much weight to it. It's kind of like the Aguero thing or Solskjaer, you know, you, you remember the moment so much more because of good commentary. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it makes it makes it even if you're watching the game or even if you you play it back now and you you say about the Aguero, that, that's exactly it. It's that's as famous as the goal because everyone knows it. Everyone goes Aguero, and you just you just can instantly picture yourself where where you were or what you were doing at that particular moment. It's yeah, it's it's really iconic. Let's move on. Aaron Lennon in an FA Youth Cup game. So I, I expect there wasn't a huge crowd at this. This is for Gillingham against Leeds. Um, yes. So this, um, yeah. So this was it was the first year. So when you go into the youth team at uh, an academy, you you play in the FA Youth Cup. And my first year, so you actually play the year up because you have the two years of, uh, of YTS, it's, it used to be called. So you play the year up the first year. So our draw, we got we got Leeds away. So we played at Ellen Road um, and you look through the team sheet and now, anyway, you can look back and there was like Aaron Lennon, James Milne, I think there was Kilgallen, there was, there was someone else as well. And But at the time, you didn't really know these players. And Aaron Lennon, I mean, yeah, we lost 4-0. I think I played right back with my right back. You know, I was supposed to be playing, you know, as a, as a winger, but we literally defended the whole time. He scored a hat-trick, hit the bar and hit the post. And it was just devastating. Um, I, you know, at that age, I think we were 16. He, he was just so good, streaks ahead. You know, he was so quick, um, and obviously was was uh, had three decent finishes. Um, and then it was just, yeah, it was a massive eye opener to, to 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 see how good these other players were at the same age as you. Well, you say uh, you were 16 because we, we just googled the match report, and it turns out he was only 15 at that point for Leeds. He was obviously playing up as well. So even even like uh, a year behind you guys in development, he was still running the game from the the left wing, uh, or was it the right wing? Did you say the right wing? Um, right wing. Yeah. Do you? follow his career as a, as a result of that then from that point on yeah definitely definitely I mean I, I was uh, fortunate I played against him many 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 times um, and I was probably still defending with at the time <laughs> I moved over to the left left so I was playing left back with my left back to try and defend him <laughs> but he, he, yeah you do look at their careers because you, you pick it out and you think wow he was impressive and then you just follow and you think, oh, yeah, you know, he has developed. He's continued his process and and he, he's still playing now. And he's uh, he, he was it was one of them that you knew what he was going to do, but you could just never stop him. He, he, he would just he would be on the right. He would shift it a little bit, a little bit and then just open it up onto his right hand side, knock it down the line. And you knew he was going to do that, but you just couldn't get near him. He was so quick, so sharp. Um, and, you know, he, he destroyed fullbacks for years. 
pretty good. Um, the the thing about Milner in that team is he basically plays a few more games and then straight into the first team and then that's the start of his career as an adult. Was he was? Do you remember Milner at all from that game? I, I do. I mean, I, I picked out Lennon because he scored a hat trick and hit the bar and hit the post. But Milner was exceptional. He run the show in that game. Literally run the show. Um, it was. Yeah, you know, I, I gave it to Aaron Lennon as, as because of the goals and assists. But if you're looking on a, a whole round performance, James Milner was was there. Um, he was everywhere. He literally just. He, he epitomised what you would want from a young lad. You know, his energy, his passing, his defensive, his his leadership. Um, and you can you could easily have said that at that moment in time, you, you would be putting him in like not. Like, you could never envisage his career as as it's as it's been. But you would say, okay, yeah, he's got a real chance. Um, so you follow both of their careers because they were both very similar as well. Even though Milner sort of played in that game, I think he was more central. They both went to the wings as they went into the first team, and then you, you can you see they're very different players, but both very adaptable in in the way that they they played. So it was um, yeah, it was able to follow both their careers with with huge uh, relating back to that game. Going wow, yeah, they destroyed us. <laughs> <laughs> Like Miller, uh, Matt is just a definition of a professional. If you're to, to listen to the accounts of, of all his teammates and managers over across, across the years, like, is that something that I know you you only would have obviously played against him at that age? But you know, at fifteen, sixteen, is is that something that's that's fairly obvious from that point straight away? You can tell that the players at that age who are going to go on and become the leaders. Um, you you can yes. Uh, it's it's all about attitude. It's all about. Uh, commitment, you know, the sacrifice that you can you would make. You know, he was definitely going to be one of them that wouldn't have been going out with his mates and doing everything that normal people at 15, 16 were doing. You know, you, you would be the ones that would be staying extra at, at training. You would be, you know, working on your game. You would, you know, you'd be thinking about other things as in, you know, your roles, where you're supposed to be on the pitch. You'd be watching videos, that, that sort of thing, uh, even at that age. And he would have been so close to the first team as you said so he would have been watching the older pros at that time Leeds had a, a yeah they were incredible in the first team as well so it, he had that opportunity to learn very quickly um but it, it's there's a lot of distractions at that age so you, you do have to keep focused and he was definitely as you can as you said you know professionalism he he's he's got that is he if you could build a person that you would want to play football and have that Mentality and everything—that's James Milner. Do you have any recollection of Andy Kyo? I just—I just look at the, the team, the Leeds yeah. team there. And Andy was uh, obviously went on to make um, just looking here thirty Irish caps as well at senior level, and I think he was in Australia towards the tail end of his career. But he was a teammate of mine at, at Wolves, right? For, yeah, for yeah. Years. So yeah, um, incredible player. Uh, he we won the championship, and he was a massive part of that. His link play between midfield and, and striker because he scored some very important goals but it was the the unselfishness running and closing down and making creating space for others in our team at that time and the link play as I said that was he, he was great for that um, and he's had an exceptional career and he's only just retired doesn't he I think last mm. year so uh, yeah I, st- I still speak to Andy every now and again he's a top top guy You've got the Brazilian Ronaldo next uh, for Real Madrid against Manchester United in the Champions League quarterfinal in 2003. So despite the fact you're on the books of uh, Gillingham, you're still going to Old Trafford, still a Manchester United fan, still going to games. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not one of them that uh, has been every game. No, <laughs> it was a long way for me. I was down in Guildford, so <laughs> I was one of them, uh, you know, Surrey uh, Southern Man United fans. So it wasn't it wasn't one of them that I would be be going week in week out. Um, but it was just that that game seeing Ronaldo. Um, he's you know, if you you talk to anyone about that that was a bit older that's that watched him or has watched any videos or, or been around with him, he was different to anyone that you've seen as a centre forward. You know, his his pace, his strength, his dribbling, um, the composure of finishing any sort of chance. He was just a standout performer. Uh, and I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone um, get a standing ovation from the uh, the other the other team as they come off you know he 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 come off towards the end he'd scored a hat trick his whole performance was fantastic and the man united fans all stood up and clapped him off um and that doesn't happen you know it does not happen in any sort of champions league game you don't expect that to happen um but it, it was just his performance um even though man united won the game um he's scoring three goal three goals at old trafford and the way that he, 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 the first one was a great run in behind and to the far, into the right-hand channel and just inside the box. And he, it was like a snapshot and it, it went into the near post. You know, maybe uh, Bartes could have saved it. I don't know. But <laughs> it was just the the initial run, the, the snapshot, that that's, that's what he had. He didn't have to have a huge run up to take a shot. It was the just the power that he had in his legs that you just... Just half a half a step and bang, um, and then he it was just being in the right place at the right time. Striker's instinct for the sec, second one, a really good play by Real Madrid to cut through United, but just being in inside the box for a nice tap in, and then the third was he, he picked up the ball in, in midway, I think just not too far outside the box. He's turned and he's just had another touch and he just sort of struck the ball. Uh, sort of on the laces, but it's you know one of them that it doesn't sort of it lifts up high. It's like the the way that Ronaldo strikes the ball now, as in Cristiano, where it, it you pop he pops it up and it goes up and then loops back down. It was one of them that just it just took off and it went high and then dipped as soon as it went over Bartes, it just dipped into the back of the net and it, you it was like silent and you're just like wow that was that was incredible. Um, so. It's the only time that I've ever seen him as well, and obviously live. Like it's just totally incredible um, to see, to see someone like that and perform at that level as well in the champion Champions League. It was just uh, a, a ridiculously good evening for himself personally. I remember watching that match on on TV as well, Matt, and and, and like it's one of those games where. Young kids in school are kind of kind of copying techniques thereafter. I remember the Ricardo penalty shootout for Portugal when he, when he took the gloves off, and everyone in school the next day was was practicing penalties with no gloves. Uh, similarly for that Ronaldo, like kids thereafter for for weeks uh, after that game were were trying to practice those those shooting techniques, and uh, not an easy one to perfect. No, not at all. I think people are still trying to do that now. Um, you know, it, yeah, he started it, you know, and then Ronaldo, Cristiano sort of taken that on. Uh, and now everyone's trying to perfect this strike that you you try, sort of punch the, the foot into the ball, 
downwards where and then it balloons up and then has that huge dip at the end it's just at that point in time no one had ever seen it so it was it was just like wow how has he done that so as you said everyone wanted to practice that everyone wanted to do it um and i just think as well even though he was such a what was it what they called uh, Gal- um whatever they were yeah they were the Galactic- Galacticals, yeah yeah he 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 raised that up mm. then then and then obviously you, know, you see then beckham arriving there a bit later as well and he raised that ronaldo he really did for what for what he was about as a striker and he was then big moments in games and and playing at the the highest level he he was that and he could just switch it on and and you just leave you he was so good the step overs and you go he used to love going around a keeper as well he <laughs> used to go up one on one with a the keeper they would just fall down he would step over and go the other way it was incredible there's a shout at that game and those games between United and Real Madrid. Um, neither of those two teams, they kind of they both break up a little bit over the next while. Like neither of them, I'm fairly sure that's the year that in uh, Real, sorry, AC Milan play Juventus in the final, isn't it? That they both, she does. yeah, and it's a nil all, and it's like, but that's the end of the competition. Whereas actually, that's the Champions League. Those two games between. Real Madrid and Manchester United as well we all fell in love with it not the brilliant defending in the final and oh yeah it's a great example blah 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 like whatever that that quarter final that was football yeah exa- well it's it's like in, in recent years when you watch and you've got Barcelona played like uh, uh, they and then Paris Saint-Germain and all that you, it's not a nil-nil games These, you want to see exciting football you want to see goals and that that Man United versus Real Madrid, you got all of that. You got great goals. You got silky skill. You got amazing players on display, on display that are showing off their tricks. And no one really wants to see amazing defending in a nil-nil game, do they? In the Champions League, you want to see the, these, you know, incredibly gifted players to to show their skills, and and you want to see goals, and you know to. To have seven of them is, is 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 always nice to see. I think I remember reading somewhere as well that Roman Abramovich was in the crowd that night in Old Trafford, and that's that's, that's where he fell in love with football. Yeah, that's where he decided right. to, to plow the money into into football. So one of those sliding doors moments. Like Matt, aside from aside from Ronaldo, you mentioned like I think Figo and Zidane had maybe won Ballon d'Ors as well as Ronaldo in in, in the years kind of preceding that match. Like a, a team full of talent, and even to see the likes of Figo and Zidane in person must have been quite special. The, uh, gifted people like Zidane just made everything slow down. You you think he had so much time on his on his like every time he received the ball he was in no rush. Everything was at his pace. He was so silky smooth like every, like step overs, little Cruyff turns. Everything was just effortless. Uh, he was I would say the first person in that sort of. Um, position, you know, because Ronaldo R nine Brazilian Ronaldo was electric going forward and step overs, but but he was all about pace, power, and scoring goals. Figo again was good. He was able to slow the game down and just had that class. Everything was about that 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 team at that time was it was class. It was effortless. It was everything was crisp. You know, the passing was yeah. Everyone wanted to do little little give and goes it was all about scoring fantastic goals rather than just tap-ins you know they did do tap-ins but it was the play before that got them to that part was passing through the lines little flick around the corner stuff like that it just they were there to entertain and they were just so good at 
handling that pressure of big games as well. And you, it, you see that there's an aura on the pitch with them. And other other players, you they just respect them so much. You've got that extra little bit of uh, grace with them because you, you were you know, you were probably scared of playing against them to be honest. But you were just you were so pleased to be on the same pitch as them, I expect. Yeah. I, uh, I got to interview him at Web Summit and backstage he was everything you would want him to be kind of uh, hilarious and impish and like, you know, <laughs> uh, talking about the good times and basically his, he was taking the team to Ibiza to celebrate if they survived uh, relegation because he'd done it last year and they had a great party and it worked. Oh, that has to be top of your list of well, interviewees. A hundred percent, yeah. yeah uh, right, let's move on. We have Aguero. Aguero, it's against Newcastle in the Premier League in 2015. What, what yes. was it about this? Um, just the, the, uh, scoring five goals in 20 minutes um, <laughs> it's just uh, one, my, one of my mates is a Newcastle fan so because obviously I wouldn't be going to watch Man City um, <laughs> um, and you know so I wasn't in with City I was in with uh, Newcastle and at the time I was at West Ham so it was all a bit weird but um, just seeing I, I, apart from now with Haaland, I would say for me in being able to watch and play against them, but he's he's something incredible, one of the best Premier League strikers we've ever seen. Um, his goal scoring ability was was so good. He was just he could score all types of goals. He was so strong. He was quick. He was just able to be in the right place at the right time. Whether it was a, like a simple tap in a curling shot or or just put your laces for it he was able to do it all um and to you know they were they went one nil down in the game and then he scored five goals in 20 minutes it's just you can't do that it's the premier league you can't do that um and he just ripped up all of the you know all of the books and was like yep no problem 20 minutes scored five goals and he's still hungry for more like all all goal scorers do they they just want to score goals he he's I just I sort of put like Jermaine Defoe in that sort of bracket that just wants to score goals. Uh, it doesn't matter how what score is, what the team's doing. You want to score goals, and Aguero was like that. Um, and I don't, I don't know how you can how you can compare that to anything else of scoring five goals in a Premier League game in twenty minutes. Um, and he put them back to the top of the league. So incredible, incredible striker. I was fortunate to play against him quite a few times. <laughs> He didn't score five against us, but <laughs> <laughs> it's similar, Matt, in, in terms of like looking at the, the city team currently. And when you see Haaland, and obviously, understandably, Haaland's going to get a lot of the credit. But when you see the the balls he's being supplied with from from Foden and from De Bruyne, like just looking at who got the assists for those five Aguero goals, four of them. I mean, you had two from from David Silva and two from De Bruyne. So. Uh, not to take any of the sheen in this conversation away from Sergio Aguero but you need those players behind you supplying these balls in 100% you know you can't do it all yourself Uh, and you know he was very lucky and Haaland's extremely lucky as well that you've got players like that 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 put it on not I would play you even just see Haaland's goal the other day where De Bruyne just bends it round Varane for his goal like there's not many players in the world that can play that ball um, so he is fortunate, but he is in the right place at the right time. Aguero is always, he was always in the right place. Right? That's why these players can pick him out. He doesn't need to look, um, it's instinctive. You know, it's, you've got the full package though. You, you know, because you're a good player, you're in a good side. So then you've, you've got the players around you that are going to be able to 
to score their, uh, to set them goals up. Um, and as you talk about Holland, if 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 he can stay fit, and more importantly to him, if Kevin De Bruyne and Foden can stay fit, then I think they're going to be breaking all sorts of records this season. Notable as well the, that those Aguero five goals. Just reading here from the, the BBC match report, going into the game, as you say, like without a goal in open play and 595 minutes in all competitions, hadn't scored in the Premier League in 424 minutes since uh, a game against Chelsea on the 16th of August. This was on the 3rd of October. So not only has he has he scored five, but he scored five after a considerable drought. Do you know what? I didn't even know that as well. So that is, uh, well, there you go. It just shows what, what uh, once you let, once you get one in the, the floodgates open, I bet he didn't stop scoring after that. So that is, you know, it, as, as I mentioned about, you know, strikers just want to score goals and it, and that's probably what, you know, after going on a little bit of a drought, it's getting that first goal and then that's it. Your confidence is back and everything just starts coming and, but five in 20 minutes is pretty impressive. What uh, the Newcastle fans make of having uh, a West Ham footballer in their midst? <laughs> they didn't see me. Right? <laughs> Hood up. <laughs> they don't see me in there. No, I was, um, I was uh, under the radar. It was only for my mate who's a Newcastle fan that I was there, really. In the corporate box, Matt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately I was not, no. <laughs> Uh, one last thing, um, you, you picked him uh, playing in a match that you weren't playing in. I don't know if you're an NFL fan, but um, there was great footage this week from the previous Super Bowl where the Kansas City Chiefs were up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the wide receivers for the Buccaneers were looking over at Patrick Mahomes going, this guy's a magician, how did he do that? I can't believe it. Are there times when you're on the field against players and you're like, oh, I cannot believe he's doing this to us. This guy's that special. Yeah, I, the, there's so many that I can think of, but one that sticks out in my mind was it was the first year we I was at Wolves. We got promoted and we went into the Premier League, and we played Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And after about five minutes, I was chasing, and I mean chasing. I was sprinting at that. You know, your first few games in the Premier League, you're sprinting around everywhere. I had. The ball was with Ashley Cole. He passed it into William, who passed it into Hazard, who passed it to one matter. And you're like, I couldn't get near any of them. They were flipping it around a corner, stopping it, shifting it. You know, William does that, stops the ball and shakes his right leg a little bit and then good moves. And you just couldn't get anywhere near him. And one matter, you just, he was so good. And you just, you, at that point, I was just like, wow, this is like, welcome to the Premier League. It was so good. They were so good. Um, but it's them games that sort of make you want to improve and make you want to be like them. So you you sort of just try and take it on board. It was just it was a huge eye opener. Uh, the last one you have here is actually in Dublin. It's uh, Leo Messi against Celtic in a preseason friendly at the Aviva. What what stuck out about this for you? It, I put this in because. It wasn't because he scored, you know, six, seven goals. It was because it's the first time that I'd ever seen him play live. Um, and he is, you know, arguably, I'm a, you're not, I'm a Ronaldo fan, but arguably them two, you know, you're not going to see anything like that, really, of what he's done for the game and what he actually does in the game ever again. Um, Kevin De Bruyne will come close and Haaland and Mbappe, but... What he has done is just incredible, and his it was a preseason friendly. You know, he could have just strolled around, but what he does is the way he controls the ball, the way he controls the game, 
Um, I just needed to, I needed to get him in somewhere. You know, I would have loved to have said the Atletico Madrid goal that he scored, but obviously I was not there. Um, but that, he, he just, it was just mind blowing sitting and watching. We, we weren't, you know, competing in that thing. We just went to the game because uh, we were out there on pre-season as well and just watching him he was just so he makes it like I said about Zidane he makes it effortless he glides with the ball he just shimmies and people just drop and he goes the other way and he was so good and I think that's you know I say he's when he was in his peak I mean he's been in his peak for about 20 years it seems but he really was like everyone was fine Suarez was there it was it was a, a really good um, Barcelona squad, although they didn't all play in, in, on that day, it was it was just so nice to watch him in pre-season and, and see the way that he, he goes around uh, the pitch and, and what he brings to that that team. I suppose he just he led everything, everything went through him. Everyone was just giving him the ball, um, and he, he was a delight to watch. Tell me, were you? Did, did everybody go? Did everybody get tickets? Were you kind of a ringleader going? Listen, Messi's playing. We should go and see this. No, I think there was quite a few. I don't. Know, I, I think it was the, the whole team went. Right. Um, and we, yeah, we just sat there. I mean, he come off after about. I think it was about sixty minutes. But it was, it was, uh, it was just you know, and pre and pre season of things to do. Oh, Barcelona are playing Celtic. You're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go to that. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Um, and yeah, it's just when you get that opportunity to go and watch someone like that play, you've got to take it. Um, and I'm, I'm very pleased that I did. Like taking those things off your off your sporting bucket list is, is so important, and getting to see Messi—that's something I, I want to take off before before he retires. Inevitably, like we, we have this conversation quite often, Matt, on the on the show in terms of things you want to see in a sporting sense. Like people talk about the, you know, whether it's the Monaco Grand Prix or, or an NFL game in London or whatever it might be. Do you, do you have anything more that you want to tick off over the coming five ten years uh, in terms of sporting bucket list? Um, I guess events. Yeah, um, I've sort of since I've only been retired about a year, but I was one of them footballers that was silly and didn't really play golf during the time of playing football. So I'm only sort of now starting to get into it. So I've been to a few of like the PGAs and that, but I'd love to go to like a Ryder Cup or something like that. That's you know, because in golf everything's always obviously it's individual sport. But once you can get that sort of team morale and team atmosphere going in in something like that, it's it, it would be something that I definitely would like to go and experience for sure. Rome's a good town to go out in if you're uh, going to the next one. Um, one last question. When you were in Dublin, did you get to go out and have like a night out or was it like strictly uh, running, running, running in pre-season? <laughs> How can you not go out? I was going to ask. Is, <laughs> is that the X-rated uh, after dark story that we'd have to get you over for it to tell properly? 100%. I mean, we've been to Dublin many times on pre-season in all different clubs and I've been to Dublin... I, more than I can remember for Christmas dues and, and all sorts is the is probably up there with one of the best places I've I've ever been for that sort of evening. It's nothing better than live music and and and, and a squad of, of, of players all together. It's it's pretty impressive. Matt, we we are suckers for um, a bit of buttering up here. So you say all the right <laughs> things. Uh, that's a great episode. You had to be there. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us, Matt. Cheers. Pleasure. Just so unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently genuinely did change everything about my life. You had to be there.